Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 68 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. Now, this is episode 68. The great thing about having this many episodes under our belt now is that we finally can do a best of episode. And that's what we're bringing to you today. This is our best of 2016 moments. They could be parts of interviews with people we've had throughout the year. It could be conversations Brandon and I have had throughout the year. But in any case, we took a listen at our favorite episodes and we picked our best clips from 2016. So here we go, kicking it off. Brandon, what was your number one? Hey everybody, this is Brandon. I went back and listened to the podcast this year and just realized we did some great interviews. We met some incredible people that shared some great advice and just some ways to get ourselves out of the ruts that we find ourselves in. My favorite episode of this year was really hard to decide, but I picked my three favorite moments. My first moment was episode number 21, and it was in January, about scheduling your life. Finding time is just almost impossible, so we have to schedule it and make our lives happen and let everybody else work around our schedule. That's how you choose what you want to do in life. So here's a quick take from that, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you remember it and share it with your friends. This applies every day, whether it's March 1st or November 1st, is reading and planning and and taking time to to manage your own time. Time management, to me, is one of the most critical things in the world you can do. And one of my favorite books to read at the beginning of, of most years, I try to do it every year. I've had this book for about seven or eight years, is called The Last Lecture by Randy Posh, P-A-U-S-C-H. He actually got sick and died. He knew for about a year that he was dying. And so he wrote this book and talks about how he stopped wasting his time. And there's one chapter called, I'm on my honeymoon, but if you need me, and he's talking about, you know, how many calls and stuff from work he got on his honeymoon and the things that he did. Just the titles in this, and it's a short little book that you can read, but this chapter is about four pages long. And the highlights are, you know, time must be explicitly managed like money. Mm-hmm. Most of us will not waste our money. If I just say, hey, take $50 and throw it out the window, most of us would say, no way. But we will sit in front of a television show for 50 minutes and think nothing of it. Now, I'm not saying TV's bad. I watch it. I watch football and all that kind of stuff. But manage where you spend your time. Another one is ask yourself, are you spending your time on the right things? You know, develop some sort of system to manage your time. Are you spending time watching Netflix? Fine. Not a problem. If you're managing that, that's your choice. You've set aside that time, not just wasted that time. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that. It's almost like Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I mean, if you want to have a successful project, you think about the end in mind. So what is it going to look like in the end? And in this book, The Last Lecture, it it pretty much is insight into Posh's life. Uh, He really thought about at the end of this year, I've got a year, maybe less. What is the end of that year going to look like to encapsulate my whole life? And, and so, yeah, do that. You know, 
write a life plan. I've, I've written one. What, what do I want my life to look like? You know, at the end of it, and it's very vague. It's just simply putting in habits of prosperity and wellness into my life that changes my life and my, the lives of my kids and the people around us. And so it's like life change for ourselves so that others may experience life change for themselves as well. So, but what I really do envision is lots of people at my funeral, not so much crying, but celebrating that they got to meet me. And, right. you know, I, I, I'm not saying it from a, a like an ego point of view, but more of a, a measure of how well did I live my life? And of course, that'll be a measure I'll never get to see. So that you know, I do have to have some contentment with that. However, I could look at other things like, you know, when I'm in my sixties, do my kids call me all the time? Which reminds yeah. me, I need to call my dad. Um, <laughs> good so, point. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. That's a good pick, Brandon. Along the same lines, my number one pick comes from episode 45, and it's when I I just had that moment where I thought to myself, what if I only had five years left to live? And that was the essence of this whole conversation. So here is my highlight from episode 45 around the premise of what if we only had five years left to live? Here we go. Yeah, so how does this fit into the five-year thing. Yeah, I, I don't know where the five years came from. It's just, I think because if I stay in my current company, my student loans will be free and clear in five years. And that frees up about $400 a month. Wow. And so I think that's where the five years started for me was this whole <laughs> process. And, and I'm thinking, I know it's going to happen. We're going to have this windfall of $400 a month, which obviously should start going towards retirement. It should start making up for lost time because I am 40 now. And I will be 45 at this point. Yep. I'll be 15 years from retirement or 20 years from retirement. And we don't have the retirement savings that we need to get there. And so obviously that needs to be set aside for investing, for building wealth. We're already doing without that money. We need to keep pretending we don't have that money, but yep. put it to good use. And so I've, I was just thinking, I've got five years to do a proof of concept to show this will work. And... It was just weird. All of a sudden, that shifted in my mind from, I've got five years to teach my family what to do with that extra $400 a month when it frees up, to, Jerry, you only have five years left to live. What do you do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, what the heck do I do? And what will I do with my life? And it started like putting things into focus. Like, um, So five years from now, let's say that that income is no longer there. Let's say you're no longer there. Yeah, yeah, because I'm. I'll be gone in five years. Yeah. As so, far as we know, Jerry's not sick. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. To him, but. So I, I'm a good health as far as I know. And mm-hmm. gosh, I feel like I need to go to a doctor as soon as we're done here, just to be <laughs> sure. Uh, but in any case, I it, it just it flipped a switch in my mind, and it was like, Jerry, you got five years to live. What do you do with that time to prepare your family to go beyond those five years without you? And so that was the next piece of that, and. So I started thinking, well, obviously I got to put some sound principles into my family's finances. You know, I got to get my son ready to go on his own in four years. I've got to get my daughter ready to go on her own in six years. Um, I believe Jacob's going to be a sophomore though. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not so good years. with math. Three years. I got three years, man. <laughs> Only because okay. Maddie is. So I'm like, wait, you got yeah. three years, buddy. Same grade, same grade. <laughs> um, but he's a year younger. So that threw me yeah. off. I was like four years till he's 18. Uh, and so, yeah, I've got, you know, the, the clock is ticking. I've got three years to get Jacob ready to live on his own. You know, and I know a lot of people are staying past into their 20s, but mm-hmm. he's going to be prepared. <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to think that same way. It's like, I've got time. And yeah. I think what you're saying is you really don't have you don't. that much time 
And and if you do, great. But if you don't, mm-hmm. it's better to live like you don't because yeah. then you're going to make decisions faster and you're going to quit wasting time. Exactly. And so, um, so it was like you got five years to fix stuff. What are the priority things to do? What do you have to get into place? What do you have to automate? What do you have to stop spending money on? All that's been going through my head the last two to three weeks. And then on top of that, it, it went up the next step. Okay, you only got five years left. What do you... It's not all about money. Like your whole life is not about just making money for your family and making sure they're okay. That's part of your responsibility as a family man. What else do you do with that time? What are the things you want to do for you before you go? What are the things you want to do for other people before you go? And and that's when my bucket list kind of came up. My number two moment would probably be episode 22. And I know I went back to back episodes here, but whenever Davison mentioned micro fears about 24 minutes in, it just absolutely blew me away. I thought micro fears is a way for us to discover what it is that's keeping us from getting beyond that rut and really going out there and accomplishing some great things. So give that one a lesson, a lesson, a listen, and uh, share it with your friends and help them understand why they need to figure out a way to make their own path and get out of the rut. Other point that I think I see there is it's kind of like when you win the the Super Bowl, not that I have, but you know, you get that initial just joy and wow, Davidson's awesome. He left Google to start something and that's awesome. And then two weeks later, nobody's around. There's no band. There's no cameras. It's just you in the bathroom staring at yourself in the mirror going, What if we don't eat? I mean, what if? Yeah, like, what, what the f am I doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you left Google's a great story unless you're homeless a month later. Yeah, then you're exactly. like, okay, it's not oh, such a great story anymore. Yeah, so, so actually, the homeless comment is actually really interesting because I get these little thoughts sometimes. I call them micro fears, and I actually haven't uh, felt this in a while. But uh, there was a point I would say like six months ago. When I would just be walking my dogs and, I, and a micro fear comes up and I'm like, what if I become homeless? Yeah. And, you know, it lasts for maybe a minute, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's a thought. And I know like, so after two minutes or a minute, I'm like, oh, that's kind of silly. I'll, I'll never be homeless because I have my mom. I, I'll be able to do something. <laughs> I have my own faculties. I, I, you know, I'll work hard, et cetera. But there's these micro fears that come up. I don't know if that's something that you guys have experienced wow. or other people have experienced, but they don't last very long. So those are, you know, those are things that you have to kind of self-manage as well and realize that they're there and sort of push them away. Other people have bigger fears, right? So I have some big fears as well but those there's some micro fears as well uh, along the way but homelessness is one of the micro fears <laughs> that's a great term i love that micro fears I, yeah. I i can totally relate to that i think my wife would consider homelessness a macro fear not a micro fear so <laughs> i think that's pretty cool that you you categorize it as, oh, just a little thing we'll get over that yeah, just so. a little. well i call it a micro fear because it only lasts like a minute yeah right yeah. Um, so yeah, if it lasts like more than a few hours, that's a that's a, that's a huge fear. Yeah, that's, yeah. you got to make sure you've done something to fight that back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, how, you know. So and and one that's one of the things that you have to sort of develop is how do you ignore these certain certain fears that come up. One of my favorite interviews was with Jared Easley from Starve the Doubts. He's also the founder of Podcast Movement. He sat with us and spoke with us on episode 39 where we talked about being the noticer of other people. Then there was this little nugget that came out out of nowhere about how to handle your ruts in life and, and how people tend to mistake getting out of the rut as like making this big leap. 
And he said, what if getting out of the rut was just simply making a small pivot and being a better steward of the life you have already, of what you have already? And here is Jared Easley from Star of the Doubts sharing his perspective on how to get out of the rut. Check it out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I want to say one other thing about this rut question. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> this is something that might be a little, it's going to sound a little bit contrarian or counterintuitive. But I was just talking to my sister uh, this morning and this came up. Um, it's possible somebody's going to listen to this and, and they're in a, a tough position. Maybe they feel stuck. Maybe they feel like they're in that rut. And the last thing they can think of is, oh, now I have to go do more. And for <laughs> yeah. someone who's feeling that way, I completely get that. I've been in moments where I've been exhausted. I've been tired. I've been burned out. And the idea of now I got to go take more action, I just can't <laughs> even think that way. And, and for someone especially who has kids and family responsibilities and work and home and all, all these things, I, they're probably not in their headset. I get that. And what I would encourage someone who's in that moment, who's in that type of rut, is sometimes the biggest action you can take is not going and doing something uh, that massive and, and, and this big thing, but maybe it's just right in front of you. Maybe it's just being a good steward of being a parent. Maybe it's a good steward of your job, you know, showing up on time, doing exactly what you need to do, taking it a little step further, or doing your absolute best within, you know, the strength that you have. Um, maybe it's just showing more kindness and love to your spouse. It doesn't have to be, I went out and wrote this book, or I went out and climbed Mount Everest, or, or whatever it is. Maybe it's as simple as just be a good steward of what's right in front of you right now, and don't worry about anything beyond that. And that is that is moving beyond the rut. That's taking action. Even if it's not glamorous or sexy, it might not be the cool podcast answer, but I think for some people, that's the encouragement that you need is you don't need to do anything other than just be a good steward of where you are in the moment. And, and I love that, that phrase, bloom where planted. Right. You know, sometimes we're in scenarios oh, that seem yeah. crazy and you're like, oh, I'm stuck and this is terrible. Uh, if you can just try to say, I'm going to be a good, responsible person in this moment and do my absolute best, that is taking action that will lead you to greater things. Great opportunities open up when you're a good steward of smaller opportunities. So that's my encouragement is maybe no, you don't have to go do and overwhelm yourself with all this stuff. Just focus with what you're on, what you're, you know, what's right in front of you right now. My third favorite moment from this year was episode number 51, and it was kind of a tie between episode 51 talking about New Year's resolutions. It's about nine minutes in, and I'm talking about my job change, and I've just chose to make my life different and not wait for New Year's to make those resolutions. But if you're waiting till then, or maybe you're listening to this in May, now is the best possible time. Whatever day it is, just do it today and change your life for the better. 
What's an example of a time when you drew that line in the sand and said, you know what, I'm starting over starting now. And what was the outcome of that? I think for me, it was, it was probably earlier this summer when I first started talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lose weight, but I want to get in shape. I don't want to just be thin. I want to be in shape. I want to, I want to run and, and, and be something I've never been before. And that was a runner and, and, and to compete. And then I wanted, I was really good at my job and I said, I want to do something I don't know how to do. So for me, it was probably early June when I, I went away with Maddie on vacation and, and I just was like, there was too much in the world for me to just stay in a rut doing a podcast about people getting outside the rut. I've got to do the same thing. And it's kind of like we talked about last week with accountability. For me, it was that built-in accountability that I'm not going to be who I was before. And I've struggled so many times with so many things in my life, weight loss and jobs and everything else. And I said, this time it's different. For me, I'm drawing this line here and I'm never going back. And that's what I want people to hear today is, is I can change that. I can make September my first day of the year. And just change the calendar and say, for me, this is when I change everything about myself. What if it's May 1st right now? What does the person listening do? I'd say make it May 1st. You know, for me, it was June. It can be March 5th. Whatever you want to make it, just just pick that day. I get so irritated. That was in when, case you guys are taking us too literally. Yeah. I get irritated when somebody tells me, you know, they want to quit smoking. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? Monday, Monday morning, I'm never going to smoke again. It's like Monday morning is the worst time to try to quit smoking or <laughs> eating tacos or to exercise because everybody wakes up Monday morning going, oh, it's Monday. I got to go back to work. You know, I'm sure some people wake up happy, but most of us wake up, oh, it's another work week. Yeah. And, Plus, what happens between now and Monday is you load up on cigarettes and then, boom, it's like, yeah. why do I want to quit? This is great. There is no time like the present because yeah. when you consider the fact that 99% of the people are not going to act on the goal or the idea that they just came up with. So if you do, you're in the 1%. Your chances for success by immediate action are huge. They go up exponentially because you've decided to act. Mm-hmm. planning does not get things done action gets things done you yeah. need a good plan but act as as soon as you come up with it act and you'll get more done and my last favorite pick and this was really hard to choose i mean i was limited to three and quite frankly a lot of our episodes are my favorites i mean just ask my wife ask brandon i listen to every episode multiple times just because of the nuggets of information and wisdom i've picked up from each one of them those aren't nuggets of wisdom i get from brandon or myself but from our guests so this last pick for me was hard but easy at the same time and this comes from jody mayberry he is the host of creating disney magic and the jody mayberry show two podcasts i subscribe to and he shared with me something interesting about how he was pursuing his dream what he thought was his dream his boyhood dream to be a park ranger and then there was this pivot so similar to when i I talked about why i liked jared easley's comment about pivots to get out of the rut here was a pivot in his dream so where jody mayberry is today you would never he would never have thought that is where he would be when he set out to pursue his boyhood dream of being a park ranger. Today, he is not a park ranger, and this is his story, so check it out. Now, uh, interesting thing, though, uh, you, you said being a park ranger was a boyhood dream of yours. In fact, you left a lucrative career to pursue 
becoming a, a park ranger. Now, if that's true, why are you no longer a park ranger? Well, being a park ranger was as wonderful as it sounds. It's outside every day. You're in uniform. Children love park rangers. People just love seeing park rangers. And generally, you're pretty happy to go to work every day. But in the eight years I was a ranger, life had changed so much. I had two young kids. I worked a lot of nights, a lot of weekends. I didn't get to see them very much. Mm. My my priorities had shifted quite a bit. And at the same time, the state that I worked for was going through awful budget problems. And the park I was on got put on the closure list a couple of times and just didn't know where if I'd get bumped or where we would end up. And we loved the area that we lived in. And an opportunity came up in the private sector and we decided to go for it, which was a, a tough decision because... That was a boyhood dream. I had one of the coolest jobs you could imagine, but it, it had also lost. It wasn't quite as fun. It wasn't as glamorous on the inside anymore as you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. And it just was, it was time to go. But I realized though that parks, if parks was my, is my calling, I don't have to be a park ranger to be involved. And the last four years have, well, the last two years have really shown that. I've been gone from parks for four years, but in the last two years, since I've had the park leader show, I have, at times I feel like I have more influence on parks than when I was an actual ranger because my show reaches people all over the country. I get invited to speak to all sorts of conferences. I, I was just spoke at the Ranger Rendezvous in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, in just a couple of weeks, I'm down in California to speak at a parks conference. I'm speaking at the world ranger congress in colorado later this year that never would have happened when i was a park ranger so it's really interesting it felt like walking away from my calling or walking away from a dream but really all that it did is allow me to still be involved in a different way with parks and you you also you kind of touched on it a little bit you you have the added benefit of being able to spend time with your children a lot more with your family a lot more is what it sounds like. Yeah, that's right. The The time I get with my kids and my wife is, is much better now than when I was a park ranger. I'm going to go ahead and cheat a little bit and say I had a fourth favorite moment, and that was episode 53 talking about just showing up. It's about three minutes in, so you get it right at the beginning of the podcast, but episode 53 talking about showing up and just doing the work and not waiting for someone else to make that life that you ultimately want to live and you want to share with the world. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do, but you've got to make sacrifices yeah. if you really ultimately want to reach something. And then one and thing that you said was you would just show up, you know, show yes. up, get, so get up and be there. You know, you set that you had a contract with yourself, essentially, you know, nobody was yeah. going to know if you showed up or not, but you would, you know, there's this great motivational speaker. I'm sure people know him. His name is Eric Thomas. And I always take one thing away from something he said, and it was, he always said that he says, get to the spot. And to me, get to the spot was get to the beach at sunrise because something is going to happen if you just put yourself in the position to let it happen, which even if I was getting there and I was taking bad photos, guess what? I was seeing a beautiful sunrise every morning (laughs) and I was, I was there alone and it was just this like really incredible, almost spiritual experience to be there every morning at the sunrise. And 
I had never been like that my whole life. I had always slept in. I yeah. always slacked off. I always took classes that were uh, in college that started in the afternoon so I could <laughs> sleep because I wasn't passionate about those things. But once that fire was lit, I couldn't wait to get to the beach every morning at six o'clock, you know? And it was a, you know, that's the thing I was going to say. You, we mentioned sacrifice, but really it actually wasn't a sacrifice. It was like I couldn't wait to downsize apartments. I couldn't wait to wow. get rid of my furniture. I couldn't wait to sell my car because I knew something bigger was, you know, building momentum within me, and it was really getting ready to kind of come out. And so I was really excited about all of those little steps, and I think that's a really big key if people are listening is you've got to really care about the details, but you've also got to enjoy them. I know people say you have to enjoy the journey, and that's that's a really cliche thing to say, but like... I loved selling my car. <laughs> I loved I loved cleaning out my closet. The very first thing I did when I decided I was going to do this was to clean out my closet. And I thought that was such an important first wow. step because you're making room physically, mentally, whatever for that new thing to kind of open up and also less is more, especially in my case. Right now I live out of literally one suitcase and one bag where my camera equipment's in. So I have two bags and that's all I own on this earth. Wow. And it feels great. Like I feel really free. And for me, it's, it's much easier to kind of live that, that simpler life with less things. Brandon and I both want to thank you for taking the time to stay with us in episode 68 of Beyond the Rut. You can see our show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 068. There you'll find the links for each of these individual episodes we shared with you so you can listen to the whole story if you haven't heard these yet. If you like what you heard, share us with a family, a friend, a coworker, that neighbor across the street. Just tell them we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play Music, we're on Stitcher. So if you have smartphones, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have Apple products, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just shoot us an email at info at beyondtherut.com. Say, hey, I want to subscribe. I want to share your show with people. I don't know how to do it. We'll give you the instructions on how to do that. Now, maybe you have a, a friend or a coworker, that family member who wants to subscribe to our show, but they don't know how. Give them the gift of us by just simply getting their phone for them and with their permission, get onto their podcast app if they have an Android or an iPhone and just subscribe to them for us. And then that way they get notifications that our shows are posting another episode and then they can listen. But again, make sure you have their permission to do it. Um, as much as we'd love you to go rogue and just do it on everybody's phone you come across, if they were dumb enough not to have their password protected, we, we got to have their permission. I, I guess I do have to put that disclaimer in there. Uh, in any case, we look forward to bringing in many more episodes in 2017, and my word for the year is level up. So what I'm doing now in 2016, I'm going to level it up in 2017, take it to the next level, and I hope we encourage and inspire you to do the same. Level up. So with that said, hashtag live in the dream, and share with your friends and family, and we'll catch you on the next episode. God bless. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.